You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packer Net Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today is indeed the day. We're doing a little bit of uh, laughing at the enemy. I was going to do this whole spiel about how sorry we can't do it today, and then I remembered I'm probably going to put it in the title, so that... uh, that, that wouldn't work, so. Did get a little bit of good news today. I didn't post it on Twitter as all the cool kids are doing because I didn't feel like trying to figure out how to edit and, and draw blackout spots and stuff. I got my uh, owner thing, piece of paper. So, it's pretty cool. No big deal. Before we dive in, it is worth noting, not that this should be surprising to anybody because I don't think this was ever expected to happen, but uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently on the Matt, Pat McAfee show said that he does not expect David Bakhtiari to play. I don't think he's supposed to say that because you're supposed to do what your coach does and be like, I don't know, man, you never know. We might be out there. You better watch out. And then you just don't play him. But um, that kind of whittles it down to two. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm hopeful that we get one of those three. I never was expecting Bakhtiari back because that was just not in the timeline. But uh, we'll see what the other guys, we're, we're, we've kind of whittled it down to two. Anyways, if there's other, any other news, uh, I don't remember and it doesn't matter. Why don't we start off with the Buffalo Bills? Um, because they're AFC, so it doesn't super matter. But this is a pretty big game for a couple reasons. Number one, um, these are two teams that I'm keeping an eye on. It's kind of a win-lose situation. I was hoping Buffalo would win just because New England scares me more than Buffalo. But seeing Buffalo flounder the way that they have been, Um, Like I said, as weird as it sounds, their comp for me is the Eagles because they show up and smash people and then all of a sudden they just play like garbage. And I understand the weather and everything was crazy in this game. It's kind of out there, but um, you also got to think how brutal this is. Imagine, Imagine for a second, the New England Patriots are like the Packers. They've dominated the division since forever, right? Aaron Rodgers goes away. Let's say next year he goes somewhere else and it's this horrible thing. And Aaron Rodgers goes, let's say he goes to Denver and he wins the Super Bowl over there. And over here, we're just, we're like, I don't remember what they were, third best in the division, second best in the division. And it's the Vikings or the Bears or whatever that go on to win. And with their new, young, flashy quarterback, they think they're the future. Everything's great. And then the very next year, we draft a guy. And in that guy's rookie year, we go on to be the best team in the division. And the Bears, let's say it is, Buffalo, play us head-to-head in Chicago, and we beat them while you guys are fl- while the Bears are floundering and we go on to be one of not just the best team in the division or the best team in the NFC or AFC in their division, but um, the best team, one of the best and most promising teams in the entire NFL. That's how brutal this is for Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Bills fans. Not only is your dynasty being stripped from you because this team is just not very good right now, But your arch nemesis, this team that has tormented you for basically your entire life, 
has in one year turned this around and has a quarterback that seems completely competent with the, all their surrounding cast and that same coach that's haunted you and they are just dominating everyone and everything. Painful. So let's get some sights and sounds here. It was kind of a close game, so there was some optimism. It wasn't like some of these other games where there's just dread and anger and everything else. But at the very end, when it seems like or it, it becomes obvious that this is done, um, I just want to capture some of the sights and sounds of that. And as usual, when I hear myself say these things out loud, I feel really sadistic. But let's just embrace it and go for it. This is uh, Dan Mitchell. Dan's a good dude. Um, he's got a real good Buffalo Bills channel. I've worked with him in the past. Keeps it super laid back. I mean, he does a lot. Of, he does a lot of live streams like from the bar with his friends and his dad and stuff. Um, he's he's alone in his place in this video, and it's very evident that uh, the beverages started flowing early. But anyways. Here's Dan when it became evident that this game is officially over. Dude, this is rough, man. I'm so upset. 44 seconds. This game is over, y'all. I'm not going to lie to you. This game is over. There's no hope. There's no hope. Game over, man. Game over. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, yeah, we lost. I mean, I didn't come into this game thinking that, you know, we were going to win this game. I mean... I had hoped that we were, but I mean, from what the Bills have been putting in the field so far this year, I mean, it's just, it just is what it is. At the end of the day, man, this is how I'm looking at it. I'm not giving up hope until the Bills are eliminated. I'm not giving up hope until the Bills are eliminated. I mean, I'm upset too. It's going to be very hard. We're going into Tampa Bay next week and uh, we got to play Tampa Bay, which is always going to be a difficult situation. And uh, then we got to come back and play the Patriots again to start off. So, I mean, we're going to have to, I don't know. Like I said, this sucks. This sucks as Bills fans. It really, really does. But at the end of the day, I'm not giving up until we're eliminated. Again, there's nothing super crazy about that unless you consider the context. This is basically year two of their young team dominating. I mean, Buffalo was one of the most young, promising teams in the entire NFL. If you would have said a year ago, even two years ago, pick one team you're going to bet on to just go on and dominate the NFL. I mean, the, the Chiefs are in there. Baltimore's probably in there. But Buffalo is right there, right there. And in fact, I think even after last year when I looked at it, you know, Buffalo wasn't quite where they needed to be. They weren't quite good enough to take on the Chiefs. But I knew the Chiefs were going to start to collapse. And I knew Baltimore was already starting to collapse. And I thought Buffalo had nowhere to go but up. Right, I, I, yeah, I, I called the Chiefs, and I was right about about Baltimore, but apparently I was very wrong about Buffalo. And here they sit now. And again, the fact that he's optimistic is great, but it also sucks that he's got such a a defeated perspective of his own team already. I mean, he he doesn't even he's he came into the game conceding that they're not going to beat the Patriots. That's crazy. The Patriots were trash last year. And they still really don't have a quarterback. I mean, granted, he's the best rookie quarterback. And no, it's not just because of his situation that's stupid. He is heads and tails better than Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And, and Trey Lance isn't even playing football. He's heads and tails better than those guys. But he's still not even the main driving force. If that guy becomes a really good quarterback, you guys are doomed. Everybody, we're all doomed. It's like Bill Belichick was ready to kind of take his time and rebuild this team. And he saw Tom Brady go win a Super Bowl. And he's like, all right, screw this. We're winning next year. And here they go. <laughs> he's just going to will it to happen. But that's, I mean, I, I feel pained. I feel pained for Bills fans because they're they're conceding this already. Like, yeah, we're not that good. And 
Um, you know, we're not as good as New England and we're not as good as Tampa. We'll see. You know, maybe we'll make it into the playoffs. I'm, I'm not going to lose hope until we're officially eliminated. Like, what? We're talking about the Bills? We're talking about Josh Allen and, and Stephon, D- like those guys? That weren't, weren't they like the number one offense in football last year? That team? That's the ones that can't. Okay. All right. That's, that, I guess that's where we're at. Anyways, moving on. Um, this is a. I'm not going to say a regular because it's only the second time, but I will say one of the most popular segments was a man by the name of Rated R Rico. Um, Buffalo Bills guy, that's not officially his name, but that was apparently a segment where he kind of went off and, you know, you get the idea, Rated R. Well, I found him, and he's not super excited about the way that things went. Might not be as explosive as it was the last time you heard him, but um, I figured you guys would be happy to have him back on, so... Here's Rico's thoughts on the Buffalo Bills getting embarrassed, his words, by the New England Patriots. This was this this wasn't good, man. This wasn't good for the team morale. This wasn't good for for putting for for having your your audience, your fan base have confidence in y'all. This wasn't good. I thought the run game was bad. I thought it was bad. But today showed me that when it's when when it comes down to it, we can't run block for shit, and we have running backs that don't deserve to be on the fucking field. Matt Breida, I gotta stand up and show y'all this because as a running back, they always show you they show you the, the basket, right? You get that handoff, there's one over, one underneath, you grab that, tuck it in, right? Or you switch, whichever way you're coming from it. My man had his hands out like this, like he wants a handout. How are you going? You are RB in the NFL, and you don't know how to take a handoff. Matt Breida, shame, man. You on a you on a kick return, and you let that you trying to catch the ball, and you let that shit bounce off your hands and in the like. What are you? That frustrated me. I was like, you know what? Okay, it's early. It's windy. There's a whole bunch of things going on. It's cool. That's Matt Breida. Devin Singletary, we didn't even see Devin Singletary. It's not his fault. Run Devin Singletary up the gut like he's Eddie George. Like he's Natron Means. Like he's Jerome Bettis. Run him up the gut. He's 5'7", 200 pounds, and you're running him up the gut. That shit don't make no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know you're going to have to throw the rock. But here we are. And don't get me started on Zach Moss. Zach Moss, this man, somebody said it best on my Twitter. This man, he's frauding y'all and thinking that he's going to give, he's going to make people make business decisions. When he had a decision to make on that goal line run, all you had to do was bounce. Bounce. Wide open. You walk into the end zone and you're a fucking hero. What does he do? Cram up the fucking middle when there's nothing there. You had your guy... Spencer Brown sealed him off. You guys know the freaking drill. You guys ever watch the combine where there's a guy with a fucking red dummy and he makes the running back come at you. You you run over the, the bags and he he takes the, what do you do? Shuffle, bounce, go. There's a drill for that in the freaking combine. And here we are losing to the damn Patriots 14-10. McCorkle Jones threw what? Three passes? Three passes all night? What a frustration. What a frustration. So again, I don't think, I don't have anything against the Bills. I like the Bills. I've always said, well, not always said because it hasn't always been true, but I've said they're my second favorite team. 
And now that they're seemingly not dominant anymore, I'm pretty comfortable saying that they probably are my second favorite team. I just don't like when my second favorite team is better than my team. But the biggest reason that I do this, well, uh, second biggest reason, let's be honest, the biggest reason is to laugh at the Bears and the Vikings. But the biggest reason I like to do this is perspective. Because we still sometimes have a hard time appreciating our team. This could be us. Think about 2018. Think about how bad things were. Think about how bad things were going. But also, let's remember, this can be us as early as next year. I don't have... You know how rarely we've lost since Matt LaFleur got here? I mean, when I started this podcast, it was the year that Aaron Rodgers got injured, and it was the first two years the Green Bay Packers were just a bad team. And I was angry all the time. I was yelling a lot. I hated everybody. I didn't like our GM. I didn't like our defensive coordinator. I didn't like our head coach. I didn't like our offensive coordinator. I didn't like our quarterback, our running back, our offensive line, our wide receivers, or our safeties. I didn't like anybody. Granted, our quarterback was Brett Hundley a lot of the time, but the point is, it wasn't very fun. And even today, when the Packers lose, I don't like doing this, man, because I got to deal with a bunch of whiny Packer fans on top of already being upset myself. I got to deal with people texting me and messaging me all kinds of angry stuff, and and I don't want to deal with it. But the point is, I almost never have to deal with it. The 2018 season ended 1,071 days ago. Do you know how many days, how many times I've watched the Packers lose in the last 1,071 days? Nine times. Nine times in that span of my life. That is 0.8% of my days are spent watching the Packers lose. Less than 1%. Granted, the Packers don't play very much, so I'm kind of playing with numbers, but it's, it's just so ridiculously rare. 13 and 3 followed by 13-3, and three. so far this year, 9-3. and three. Did you know since that time, since 2019, since Matt LaFleur got here, the Packers have won 35 games and have lost 9 games? Did you know that's number one in the NFL? Did you know that the Kansas City Chiefs are 34-10, and 10, Baltimore's 33-11, New Orleans is 30-14, and 14, as is Buffalo? The Green Bay Packers, over the last three years, are the best team in football in the last three years. The best win percentage, the most wins. We've watched the second most touchdowns in the last three years at 98. Only Tampa has more at 109. You know the second least amount of interceptions thrown was Minnesota at 24. You know how many times we've watched our quarterback throw an interception? 14 times. 14. Minnesota, Seattle, and Kansas City are tied for second with 24. We've seen Aaron Rodgers get sacked the sixth, sixth least amount of times. Highest passer rating over those three years, Green Bay Packers. Top 10 in points. Top 5 in points against, somehow. Fifth least amount of points scored against us. Least turnovers of all teams in football. New Orleans has 41. They're in second place. We've turned the ball over 34 times. Second best team in time of possession. Only behind the Baltimore Ravens. Dominant. And we got people with the audacity to talk about, oh, you, get, you didn't win the Super Bowl, though. <laughs> okay. I don't care. Dominant, dude. Dominant. And I've said this before, and I didn't, again, I didn't expect this with Buffalo. But I've said this before. We've got a bunch of other teams that are pretenders. You know, as far as being successful, they're, they're, they're fly-by-night frauds. Kansas City came in. They're dominant. They're so good. And after what, three years, they're, they're, they're cooked? They're, they're done already? They, they, they don't know what to do? 
Does nobody except the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots know how to sustain success? Is that it? I mean, maybe the Saints have had a really good run. The, the Steelers, I mean, obviously they're, they've been trashed for a little while, but they did a good job for a while being successful. But, I mean, Buffalo, they were good for like a year. Chicago was good for one year. Minnesota was good for one year. 2017, Minnesota was real good. They're no, they're garbage. Been downhill. They peak for literally one year and then a steep decline. Chicago peaked in 2018, steep decline into pure garbage trash. Baltimore, their quarterback won MVP. And they're just now, now he's one of the worst quarterbacks in football. What the heck is going on? Philly won a Super Bowl. They became a laughing stock basically the very next year. Arizona's having a good run at it. I don't think it's going to be long, you know, be able to be sustained, but we'll see. This seems like they're one year. Tampa Bay had one year. We'll see if they can make it two. They've already started to decline. We'll see if they can they can do double. But again, Kansas City was what, three years, four years? Tampa isn't going to make it that long. Tom Brady isn't going to make it that long. And and the entire team is built by 35-year-old geriatric, you know. Football players, including their coach, who basically is still semi-retired. He's turned the team over to Tom Brady because he just doesn't really give a crap. L.A. had their couple a couple years, their, their flashes of being a decent team, and, and they're, they're on the, the decline. They're in complete desperation mode, just grabbing up every big name they can, and it's not working. San Francisco, they had one good year. They haven't had a winning season, I don't think, aside from that one good year where they made it to the Super Bowl. Seattle had a solid four, five, six years, whatever. That's a, that's a pretty good run. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, dude. But here we are. After taking like two years off, three years off, you know, 30 years of dominance, and then we kind of catch our breath for a couple years, and here we are again, back on top. And, and what we're listening to are, the, the reason I picked Buffalo, why Buffalo? Because Buffalo is supposed to be a contender, and listen to them. Listen, they're, they're, they're exasperated with their team. The, the, the Buffalo is the exact opposite of the Packers. They have been trash for 30 years. They take a breather, kind of in reverse, where suddenly they're like, all right, let's, I'm tired of being trash. Let's be good for a couple years. And they're, they're letting it go already. What are you doing? You just got here. Where are you going, dude? You got to like, you got to put a couple years in here. You can't be giving up already. They're done already. Anyways, I, I wanted to pick them again because supposedly they're they're a contender, right? And and this is just it's good news for us. I mean, it's AFC AFC. We don't play them very well, but you don't want teams to be good, especially when you look at a team that's young and built on a young quarterback. It's like, dude, I don't you know I don't want to have to deal with just this dominant force. And there's always going to be a force, and that's part of the, the the problem. And that's part of the frustration that some Packer fans have is. You know, you got these fly-by-night teams that come out of nowhere and they're really good and then they dissipate and it's like, ha-ha, you're not good anymore. But the problem is there's a steady stream of teams that pop up and they're better than us. And then another team pops up and they're better than us. And we're we're like the second or third best team, but we we can't get in because keep people keep butting in front of us. And, and I think a lot of fans are like, you know what? We need to just be the team that butts in front of everyone, even if it means we fall off for a few years. First of all, I don't necessarily agree because it's that's not, I mean, there is no actual thing that you can do to just win the Super Bowl. As though there's like a couple moves you make and then boom, you win a Super Bowl. That's not how that works. Beyond that, as I said yesterday, there's 18 teams that are trying to do that. 
On top of that, I think we have made very good moves to try to push to, to quote-unquote, go all in. But on top of that, I don't want that. I think the right course of action is to build a really good team responsibly and do your best to win with the guys you have. Do you ha- Did you build a roster that is capable of winning a Super Bowl? If the answer is yes, you've done your job. And yes is the answer almost every single year for the Green Bay Packers. They just got to get it done. They just got to get it done. Are they the best team in football? Probably not. Who cares? You don't have to be the best team in football. You just got to get it done. There's always going to be teams that pop up that, that, that you know, suddenly are, are really good. But here, here's the thing. You've been here before. How many times, how many years in a row have we been to the play? You guys know what this takes. You know how to be a winning team. You know how to play in the playoffs. You understand all these. You've been here where nobody else has been here before. The Tampa Bay hadn't been. I mean, Tom obviously had been there. Those guys don't know anything about playoff football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers... The Buffalo Bills, the, the even the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar, like these are all new young t- They don't know what they're doing. We know what's what it takes to play in the playoffs. We got to execute. Anyways, we're getting way off the beaten path here, but it's worth mentioning that. Anyways, let's move off of that and on to another, another topic here. Uh, I want to I talk about, and I probably should do the Baltimore Ravens, but I want to talk about the 49ers um, because we're not going to be playing them. So they're not a direct competitor. I don't know that we're going to be seeing them in the playoffs. So there's that. Um, but also I just really want to, I just want to do this. I don't like the 49ers at all. Um, I, I, at all. I'm not going to say I dislike them more than the bears and the Vikings, especially this year, because the 49ers aren't that good and they didn't beat us. We beat them. But man, I hate this team, and 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 I hate the amount of credit they get. I hate that their coach is just worshipped despite having losing seasons almost every single year. Everything about this team drives me nuts. And for them to lose to the hapless Seattle Seahawks, who are who are, we just we did the Seattle Seahawks last week when they lost, and they were talking about how this is basically historic. I mean, this is the worst season Russell Wilson's ever have ever had. This is one one of the top five worst seasons we've ever had as a franchise, and this is a poverty franchise. I mean, until Russ got in here and 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 they, you know, drafted the whole Legion of Boom and Sherman and all those guys, Earl Earl Thomas and the whole gang, I mean, this this was a bad football team for a very long time. So for this to be one of the worst is is crazy. So um, I just want to embrace this because I was starting to worry a little bit about the 49ers. I was starting to worry about them picking up some steam and getting to be a little bit better and and um, I know it's a division rival, and I know those games can always be a little wonky, but at the very least, I just want to relish this moment because it makes me so happy because I'm so sick of the 49ers, and I don't like them, and I don't like that they get credit, and they've always been garbage, and they're garbage again, and this year especially, they have no excuse. Well, he didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, and they had a bunch of injuries, and blah, 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 blah. Sorry, you got all your guys, and what's happening? You're still garbage, and you drafted the quarterback of the future, and guess what? He's not even playing because he's not even better than Jimmy Garoppolo, so you have no excuse anywhere in the world. There's nothing that you can say to give your your genius, brilliant-minded head coach any excuses. But after a three-game win streak against the Rams, Jaguars, and Vikings, winning um, four out of their last five, they end up falling to the pathetic Seattle Seahawks, 23-30. to Let's get a little bit of a peek inside as to what the 49ers fans think about this uh this terrible, terrible thing that's happened. Once again, San Francisco falls to the Seattle Seahawks. I hate to say this, but I have to say it. 
The Seattle Seahawks own the San Francisco 49ers. They have won the last 15 of 17 games in this rivalry, which really isn't a rivalry. Losses aren't fun to talk about either, but we have to break it down here on today's show. Final score, 30-23, to evening up the 49ers record at 6-6 six six on the year. There were so many opportunities for the 49ers to be victorious in this game. They give up a 73-yard fake punt for a touchdown on the opening drive of the game. They turn the football over three times. Times. Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked for a safety. They had so many chances to put the Seahawks away and really put the dagger in Seattle to end their 2021 campaign and maybe in doing so end the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll dynamic. Instead, the Niners now 6-6 six six on the year and they were once firmly entrenched in the NFC playoff picture, but after Sunday's slate of games, the NFC playoff picture, folks, has become a lot more interesting. The Arizona Cardinals with a really impressive win with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup, taking down the Chicago Bears on the road to move their record to 10-2 on the year. I think the Green Bay Packers are better than Arizona. They won that head-to-head -head matchup earlier on in the year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers take down the Atlanta Falcons to push their record to 9-3. Not really a big buyer in the Dallas Cowboys at 8-4, but really that's when the NFC starts to get very, very interesting. The 49ers were once in the place of the Washington football team. Team, but how about the WFP, uh, WFT, the Washington football team, going on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders to come up with a win? They move ahead of San Francisco in sixth place in the NFC. San Francisco drops back to 6-6, six and six, but the Eagles win, which really makes things interesting as well. Vikings fall to the Detroit Lions. They go to 5-7 and seven on the year, but man... Very, very frustrating loss for the 49ers. I let that one go a little bit long because it gives a little bit more insight into things. I mean, first of all, having to admit that that um, Seattle, even in a terrible year, just destroys you. It's just better than you. And and again, and I'd love to know where Michael Lombardi is on this, Mr. Uh, I hate coaches that can't win in big games. How does a brilliant coach constantly get out coached by Pete Carroll. Like, how can you not figure that out? Pete Carroll has nothing. He has no weapons. He has nothing left. He can't do anything. He doesn't have a defense, an offensive line. He's got a quarterback that doesn't want to be there anymore. They don't have any offensive or defensive creativity. There's nothing that they can do. You can't figure out how to beat that team. Like, even on their worst day, you can't figure it out. Okay, interesting. But on, on top of all that, he goes on to talk about how this could have helped us, first of all, in the playoffs, but also crushed their season. Seattle is officially done if we win this game, and it may have put a dagger in the final season with Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. So that would have been glorious, and we couldn't do that. But then he goes over the playoff picture, which, first of all, there's no way I'm going to play that clip and not have him brag on the Green Bay Packers, because that's awesome. He talks about how they're in second, but he thinks they're better than the Cardinals. That was glorious. I mean, he's right, but it's just nice to hear a 49ers fan say that. Have to admit that as you watch from below in agony. But then to just talk about how this whole thing is just slipping away. You know, we used to be in a place of prominence, and now we got passed by frickin' Washington. And not only that, but we got the Eagles nipping at our heels. On top of that, it was nice to hear how, you know, the, the one bit of good news they had, the only positive thing that they had is that Minnesota fell, which really just to goes, goes to show how horrible of a position Minnesota's in, right? I mean, they, they, they were in a decent spot, and everybody just passed them, with the exception of the 49ers who fell, but it sounds like the 49ers are even ahead of them. So everything about that clip was just glorious. Anyways, I had another clip, but we've been kind of running long, and I'm, I'm, it's getting kind of late for me anyways. This is taking longer than I had hoped. It is my daughter's birthday today, and I told her I would make her something, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to tell her I'm going to do it tomorrow. This apple crumble that she really likes, because I'm running late on time, but I'm like, no, nah, I'll just do it. And so it's kind of putting me behind, but um, 
it's worth it because it smells amazing and I'm pretty excited to go try some. But I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a break right here. We're going to fly through, do a couple more, and um, we're going to end with some pretty spectacular, uh, you know, you, you know how this thing ends. But uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. That reminds me, um, Patreon just did a, a thing where they're really excited to announce some cool new features that they're going to have for next year. They've, uh, I think they said hired like, they've tripled their workforce or something crazy. A um, couple things that they're working on doing is Patreon video, which I'm actually really excited about because they don't allow you to host video on Patreon. You have to do it on YouTube. So I got to upload over there and then I got to share the link and it's just kind of stupid. Um, so it says host Patreon only videos directly and securely on Patreon, no YouTube or Vimeo links. So I'm excited about that. That'll make it easier for me to be able to get you that content on there. You guys know I've been working uh, pretty hard at trying to get more going on Patreon to help out or, or to provide more to the patrons. Uh, they're going to have some improved posting, new uh, a brand new posting experience with an improved design, robust formatting and multimedia tools and auto save drafts, blah, blah, blah. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, content organization and some other cool stuff that they're planning on doing for next year. So I'm excited to see how some of that stuff works. And if nothing else, probably some more better video content. Um, in fact, because my YouTube is basically out the window right now, I'm not really able to do very much. Um, I might just bring it all in-house on Patreon. We'll see how that works. But um, anyways, if you're interested in doing that, you can join for as little as a dollar a month, and it would be greatly appreciated. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, all right. So we're gonna um, we're gonna do some rapid fire here. We've got the Baltimore Ravens, which I want to play only because they are an upcoming opponent. They lost, and that's glorious, right? Kind of talked a little bit about Baltimore. They've got a great record, but things are not well with them. Um, they just lost. There's something clearly wrong with their offense, and they lost to a division opponent and one that isn't very good. So similar to the 49ers, this one stings a little bit for them, especially when, like us, they're trying to, to push for that number one seed. They got big-time playoff aspirations, and on top of, you know, regardless of how you seed, because they're probably going to get into the playoffs, I doubt they're not going to make it. But um, you just you don't want to see bad football at this time in the season. This is the time when you want to see things come together. So um, the Baltimore Ravens, did end up losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers 19 to 20. So it's one point, but this is after a game in which they beat Cleveland 16 to 10, which is not good. You know, again, 16 points. I mentioned this whole thing with their offense scored 10, 16, 16, 19, but 16 to 13 against the Bears, which is terrible because it's the Bears. They lost to Miami 10 to 22. Um, they they barely beat Minnesota in overtime. This is all since their bye week. And, and again, prior to their bye week, they lost 17 to 41. So the record for them is still eight and four. And, and there's a lot of reason for hope and optimism, but at the same time, there's a lot of concern. So um, we're going to take a peek into the wonderful world of the Baltimore Ravens, something we don't get to do very often. And uh, we'll see what they're, how they're feeling, whether this is a team we should be super worried about. And I keep forgetting to do this and I need to do a better job of plugging these guys, but this is TTB Ravens media talking about the Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> What's going on Ravens family? It's your boy, JD. I'm back with y'all again. Um, how? I don't know what to say after this game, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm about mad, frustrated, ticked off. So he he, he kind of went on like that for a while, but that, that just kind of gives you the overview of where they're at right now. Um, one of the things he did as he went on was was talking about just kind of pulling in comments. I would have let it play out, but it's it's a little bit too clunky, and there's so much space in between things. It's like, I don't want to let this run out for 10 minutes to kind of, you know, we got to move this along a little bit. But one of the things, there's a guy, Howard, that the comment that he pulled up was, he says, all I can say is pathetic. Even if they're successful, why? Do they have a lack of confidence in this team's abilities? Winning ugly caught up with them, just like for Cincy, Miami, and Pittsburgh. So, the point is, and this is kind of, again, I'm not super plugged into Baltimore. I don't usually care. I don't care until I have to care. But it kind of sounds like, it reminds me of, what was it, 2019 it would have been, where, you know, we went 13-3. and three. It's It was a real good season. But even a lot of those wins you didn't feel good about, and you just knew something was wrong. Maybe that's not a great example, because we still went to 13-3 and three, NFC Championship the whole nine yards. But you, you know where they're coming from, right? Where it's like, yeah, you won, but that sucked. And then when you lose, it's like, that's not even surprising because we're not good. Like, I know the record says we're good, but we're not good. I'm reading between the lines, but I'm, I'm, again, I'm just looking at what's been happening this year. And then I read that comment and it's like, yeah, that, that feels right. Anyways, uh, this is a guy by the name of Jose Verdusco. I think, I think I work with this guy. He had a different name, but I think it's him. Anyways, 
You can pretty much play this entire video. It's only eight minutes long, but again, I'm not going to do that. So I, I just found a clip that uh, I like, and this is what we're going to run with. But here is his sort of take, or at least part of his take, on uh, what happened in this game. But the fact of the matter is the Ravens should have never been in that position in the first place. There were so many times the Ravens had opportunities to put this game away and they just did do, they didn't do anything. They did nothing on offense all day. The defense played well, you know, but it doesn't matter when your offense sucks. I mean, we got to call it like we see it, man. I know like every time I criticize Lamar Jackson, our quarterback, look, man, I love Lamar. He's my guy. He is my quarterback. And But every time I say anything about him, people say, you're a hater. You're a fake Ravens fan. But I got to be straight up with it. Lamar did not play well tonight. And he has not been playing well for a good chunk of the season, man. Like, it's been a while since he's played well. The fact of the matter is his decision-making has been bad. It has been bad. It's been really bad lately. And... I just don't know what can fix it. Like, you can sit here. You, we can blame Greg Roman all we want. We can sit here and blame Greg Roman all day. We can blame Harbaugh. And yes, I'm not saying that the coaches don't deserve any blame because they do. Greg Roman deserves a lot of the blame for terrible offensive play calling, decision making. There's a lot of stuff. But Lamar has to know when to throw the ball away. There's multiple times in that game that it's been second down. And instead of Lamar throwing it away, he holds it. He tries to run out of the pocket and he ends up getting taking a sack. And it's totally on him. We cannot blame the offensive line for that. And I'm not sitting here saying the offensive line is good because it's not. It's terrible. But the fact of the matter is we got to know when Lamar needs some blame. And Lamar deserves some blame for this loss. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, again, he, he's got plenty before and plenty after, but I'm going to leave it right there because that is encouraging to Packer fans. Um, and it, it's very similar to a lot of other things where it's like, yeah, but you know, you know that they're good. It was the same situation with, uh, uh, what's the stupid guy's name? Kyler Murray. Never remember his name. Kyler Murray, right? When, when I went on Twitter and was like, look, dude, um, this is going to sound weird, but he kind of sucks at running this year. So I don't think we need to worry about it everybody lost it. Like, you're so stupid. He's a really good runner and he's dangerous and he's going to kill us and he's going to crush us. It's like, okay, but he he's literally not done that all year. He hasn't run for hardly anything. He hasn't had a big game running like once this year and he's actually been doing terribly running, not only grading, but statistically. And so I'm just kind of basing it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not going to do it. Right. Well, he's still really talented. Yeah, I, okay, but but it's worth noting Right? I mean, you're saying that I'm being stupid for not acknowledging that this has to be the first time all year that he does it? Like, it's not impossible that for the first time ever he does it. But I don't know that it's crazy to think that his problems or whatever may continue, and that's the same thing with Lamar. Yeah, he can be dangerous. Yeah, if he takes off and runs. And yeah, I know we've got a history of mobile quarterbacks, even though we're basically looking at 2013 and and prior I think Dom Capers cleared that up starting in like 2014, but okay. Yeah, we'll keep talking about, you know, Michael Vick ran on us that one time and, and Colin Kaepernick kind of took it to us. Keep pretending that it's the exact same defense as that. I know we've had some issues in the past, 
But um, no, it, it, it's encouraging. And, and yes, I understand that there is some talent there. I understand Lamar has had good games. And I understand Lamar can still run. And I understand they got a couple wide receivers and some things that they do kind of well. And I know that they were good last year, but I'm looking at what they are. Not saying it's impossible that they turn it around or that it's impossible they have one good day like Minnesota shows up one random day and it happens to be the day they play us, which is normal. But all I know is this is what they are right now. And what they are right now is not good. And Lamar has got some serious problems. Even on a team that loves Lamar, um, who is a player that if you say anything bad about Lamar, you are just the worst person on earth. He's even acknowledging like, look, dude, I know I'm not supposed to say this uh, and you guys are going to be mad, but can we finally start saying this guy sucks or what? Because this is bad. And he is. And, and, and again, PFF backs that up. They have him over the last three or four weeks, the worst quarterback in football. So anyways, we got to keep moving here. Next on the docket, we've got Saints and Cowboys. Now, the the Saints, I want to talk about again, same as last week, because again, they beat us in week one, and every time they get beat down, it makes me a little bit happy. The only thing I've noticed this week as I was listening to them is it's a bit of a cautionary tale for us. The Saints were in the same position last year, right? They had had their quarterback, and they were in a terrible cap situation because they basically went all in, and everybody knew that after next year, they were going to have to gut the team, and they did. They not only lost their quarterback, but they had to gut a bunch of other people, and now they're really bad. And a lot of people that are that we're going to listen to are basically saying exactly that. And it makes me a little bit nervous. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I've got from a watch party just some random moments. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but just a couple random moments and then a few conclusions um, for the New Orleans Saints. These first three clips are going to be coming from the PRO Media Network, New Orleans Saints News. Here we go. Defense gets the Cowboys offense off the field again and gave the offense plenty of opportunities to score two scores to take the game. This is two scores. Defense gave them the, gave them opportunities, continues to play hard. We go out there and turn the damn ball over twice with interceptions. It's just it's pathetic, man. It's very sad. So again, this is this is toward the end of the game. Uh, it is 20 to 10. There's three minutes and 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So he's just kind of reliving this. And, and again, saying the defense has done a good job. They got him off the field twice. And in both instances, we go out and turn the ball over and give the ball back. We should be winning this game, right? They're not doing that good. They've only got 20 points. And we go turn the ball over twice after our defense gets the ball back. So that's, that's at this point in the game. We're going to fast forward a little bit, and it's going to just kind of devolve from there. That's sad. You mean to tell me the Saints defense give the offense the ball back and they to have three straight drives where they turn they throw an interception? He threw it right to him. Three straight the defense gave the ball to the offense three straight possessions and they turned it off three straight times in interceptions. That's amazing. Damn. Saints, this is ridiculous. Funny, it's this is tragic. It's epic level. Yeah, I know, James. I mean, Chris. Chris says, yeah, yeah it's sad. That's that's sad, man. The defense gave the ball back to the Saints offense three times. Plenty of times. And each time the offense gave interceptions to the Cowboys defense. And the last was a pick six to amp the lead up to what it is. Offense is a major issue. Big problem for the Saints. The defense did all they can do. The offense ain't carrying its weight. They're just not. So you you heard the clip of him completely dejected as two straight drives, they turn the ball over. Shortly thereafter, the defense gives them the ball back again with another opportunity. They're only down 10. They can still make this work. There's not a lot of time, but you got to go down. You got to score. And they throw a pick six 
to make it 10 to 27. Now with, with under three minutes, down 17, the game is officially over. And again, remember, this was a team that was that was playoff in the playoffs several years in a row. Uh, one of the top teams in football for many, many years. And you know you've got a, a tough road ahead of you, but but you want to believe. And, the, and then you start off the season smashing the Packers like you did. They started off real good. They were winning a bunch of games, and now look where they are. I mean, it's just, it's it's terrible. It's brutal. They're, they're, they're beyond floundering. And then to get teased like that, where you keep the game kind of close, and your defense is really, really playing well. And and again, three straight times, you get the ball back in your offense's hands, and um, they literally scored negative seven points. Three straight drives, the defense gave them the ball back. They scored negative seven points from that. Anyways, uh, last clip from him. These are just sort of his closing thoughts. And then, then, then low IQ football, it's just terrible, man. I don't have any answers on why this team – it's just a, just a sucky football team right now in terms of offense. They can't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. They can't, you know. They can't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. Really, they can't. You know, and, and of course, like with them bottoming out like this, hell yeah, er, everything's on the table when this happens. Everything's on the table. Five and seven, the Saints are a tragic garbage. Five and seven dropped five straight games in a row. They done bottomed out. They literally done bottomed the hell out. And people going to say, well, Q, it's all the injuries. Listen, fam, I get you, and I'm not taking nothing away from your injury spill. It's it's uh, it's awful. It's awful, man. I ain't going to tell you no lie. Uh, this is trash football, man, at epic levels. So I'll, I'll repeat myself from what I said last week. But week one, man, I'm not saying that week one isn't important, but uh, you try to read too much into week one, and uh, let's just say things can change. Things can change pretty quick. Packers are flying high. I mean, we're over here worried about, oh, man, what if we don't win out? What if we get the number two seed? Oh, no. What if we lose to the Vikings again? What if what if we come out flat out of our Bible? Dude, listen to this man's voice. And, and again, this is the Saints. The Saints have been good for a long time. Similar to us, too, where it's like they, they don't win Super Bowls and stuff, you know, but they're good every year. You for, know, for many, many years, they had a great offense and terrible defense, just like us. And then they kind of got the defense figured out. And, and, and then, you know, similar to us, toward the end, they're kind of going all in because they're running out of time. And this isn't a, a fan base that knows how to handle a five straight win loss. And we're gonna, they're going to talk about that in just a minute. This is not what they're used to. And um, they're done, man. And it's, it's like I talked about last week. They tried and they tried and they tried and, and they overperformed for long enough. And now they're just, they got nothing left. They're, they're not good enough to keep winning. They're, they just, they lost way too many players. And, so this is a tough situation to be in. But at the end of the day, I feel for you guys. But after what you did to us week one, embarrassing us like that, you know, I mean, it just it just is what it is. I'll just leave it at that. Finally, I got one more Saints clip. This is uh, from After Further Review Saints. So it's obviously a uh, After Further Review is a thing, and this is the Saints version of it. Anyways, Here's what they had to say about the Cowboys beating the Saints 27-17. to Saints, uh, they lose their fifth in a row. Uh, we have reached an unprecedented time in the Sean Payton era. He's been here since 2006 as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And for the first time, uh, New Orleans has hit a five-game losing streak. Uh, there's no other way to say it. This is not a very good football team right now, in large part because they're playing with what amounts to a practice squad roster. You just can't, in the NFL 
where the margin is so thin, lose as many guys as New Orleans has, and think you're going to go win football games. Um, it's why you know you you appreciate the good times and understand that they don't last forever because inevitably something like this uh, can't happen. So again, when I talk about perspective, um, as, as far as like, or, or not necessarily perspective, but um, giving me some pause, listening to this particular Saints fan and, and really every Saints fan talk about this, you know, what, what are the two big storylines for the Packers, not including, you know, for everybody outside of Green Bay, we're obviously focused on this year, but um, it's what it's Aaron Rodgers may not be back next year. And then the bigger or another big offseason thing is, is the salary cap disaster which is what the Saints had last year. So potentially losing our quarterback, potentially having to somewhat gut this team, listening to this person talk about appreciate the good times while you got it because eventually something like this happens, and it's like, oh, geez. So, I mean, listen, we're not destined for that future. I, I am starting to become more and more confident that Aaron Rodgers will be back. Even if he isn't, I don't think it has to be as, well, first of all, if it isn't, then I don't think our salary cap is going to be as bad as the Saints were. I think we'll correct that relatively quickly. Um, but beyond that, I also have more faith in our GM and our head coach to be able to usher us into the future, especially if Aaron Rodgers is back. Um, but but again, just appreciate it anyways, because uh, at some point, whether it's 2022 or 2032, it's, there's going to be a bad stretch of football for Packers fans. All right, now we move on, and I probably... Huh, what do I do? I I love to end on the Bears, but it's going to be hard to not end on the Vikings because that was such a monumental loss. But it's it's becoming tradition to end on the Bears. Let's just do the Vikings. We'll, we'll do the Vikings. It's it, it's either way they're both going to be glorious. Um and I'm actually going to do something a little bit different. We're going to listen to something positive first. I got Dosa Dion, fantastic Detroit Lions YouTuber. Go check him out. But this is the the game-winning drive not the whole drive, but the end of it, listening to Dosa Dion and his buddies that are at his place or whatever as they watched the Detroit Lions win their first game of the season. Touchdown! It's St. Brown! As time expires, Jared freaking call! Jared freaking call! Tell him, JG! Tell him, JG! Let's go, baby! Let's go, baby! Come on, man! Woo! Yeah! I can't even throw that far and score. Jack! Let's go! How you give him that? Dot! Freaking dot! There was nobody there. Let's go, Jerry! Yeah! Yeah! Tell you what, man, I'm starting to endear myself to, to, to the Lions team and the fans. Like... <laughs> Do you know how little I cared when the Packers won games when it was like in 2018 when I knew we were out or 2017 and we go on to win a game? It's like, oh, cool, dude. Like, I, I don't care. If anything, I was mad because I was like, wow, we had like a top five pick and you blew that idiot. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Win a meaningless game. Dude, their coach was crying. Their whole locker room was like doing backflips and their fans are so jacked. That's kind of cool, man. They're better than I am. I wouldn't. I'd... Pfft. Dude, like I, I don't care. I mean, it's kind of cool because it's the Vikings, and it was a, it was a really cool comeback drive and everything. But to be that excited, like that might have been more passion than me when Aaron Rodgers hit his hail mary. Like I was flipping furniture and stuff, but that was an intense reaction to a uh, 
comeback win over the Vikings for your first win of the season when you when nothing matters. So kudos to the Lions, their fans, their team, their coach. That's a fun team to root for right now. Again, I hope you guys are trash forever, but never lose that spirit because uh, it's endearing. Anyways, uh, for every winner, there is a tragic loser, and those losers are, as we know, the Minnesota Vikings, both in that game and just, um, as a matter of fact, losers. And uh, queued up a couple clips for you. Let's rip through those. This is actually, I did something a little bit different because I was um, kind of out and about and whatnot. This is Purple Daily, a Minnesota Vikings podcast, but it is the actual podcast. I don't know if they have a YouTube thing. I don't know, but I was listening to the podcast as I was driving to try to get a little bit of extra content here. And so I just, that's what I did with that. But um, here is just a little bit of an intro into the thought process for the Minnesota Vikings. And again, the Vikings and the Bears are kind of in a similar place right now. Um, and I think they're in the right place. And I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I think Bears and Vikings fans are mostly in the right place where they understand, look, all right, cool, I get it, it's done. Blow it up, I'm done with this. A terrible loss, but a glorious loss because it um, it now clarifies everything. Everything is crystal clear. Like, it, sometimes you have to hit what is your version of rock bottom to yeah. see the future clearly, and this did exactly that. Um, everybody, everybody who we've sort of been on the fence about now today showed what they are truly about that of course does not include the magnificent number 18 justin jefferson but yeah i think today cleared up any questions about cousins here about zimmer here about kubiak here you take your pick um don't tell me about injuries well Thielen got hurt okay nah, everyone deals with injuries man everyone deals and, with injuries and it's the yeah, lions no the lions are terrible so anyway um i thought today in a comical sense because that was that was pure comedy um, cleared up the future for this franchise, and everyone is going to get what they deserve. And they even go on to talk a little bit about um, the different stages of grief that different fans are at, and it's pretty obvious that a lot of these guys are just kind of in the acceptance phase. Maybe a slight bit of rage, but mostly acceptance and just basically saying, look, this is uh, whatever. Let's just get this over with. Anyways, let's move on to um, this is Purple FTW Podcast. I made a note that I should play this first, so my bad, but um, it's all kind of the same anyways. This is uh, some more thoughts from Vikings fans about uh, one of the most embarrassing performances in Vikings history. This loss is one of the most embarrassing losses in team history. I mean, flat out. It's not hyperbole. It's not having recency bias or being a prisoner of the moment. Losing to the 0-10-1 Detroit Lions, even though, yes, respect, they play hard every single game and probably should be the Vikings earlier in the season. But... With your season on the line and pushing for a playoff spot to drop this game, it's shockingly inexcusable. And that's another fantastic point because, again, it's not just, you know, we, we didn't quite show up and it was a trap game and all that. No, 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 no. Your entire season is on the line here. Your entire season is on the line and and you couldn't beat the Lions. Like, th- this, this may have just killed your season if you can't pull it off against the worst team in all of football, and you couldn't. And even the, the guys on that podcast went on to talk about, and watch what's going to happen. They're going to go on this Thursday. They're going to beat the Steelers because they always just show up in these random games. They're probably going to smash the Steelers, and everyone's going to say, oh, we got it back on track, and we're technically still not eliminated, and maybe they get the seventh spot, or you know, they're mathematically the seventh spot, and it's not going to mean anything. This team is trash. But yeah, I mean, it's, this, this is a must-win game, and you, and you lost it, and it was a must-win layup. Anyways, finally, we can't talk about the Vikings without uh, kicking it over to One Bar and Lepigus, so let's real quick hear what they have to say before we 
listen uh, with glee at the misery of Chicago Bears fans. Things are dire. Things are Dreams dire. over. Seems on the ropes. On the ropes. No, the pants down. The ropes. We're not on the ropes. It's over. We just lost to the winless fucking Lions. It is over. I don't care what they do on Thursday. It is over. Done. We just lost yeah. to the Lions. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you're – yeah. I mean, the, the chances of getting in right now, you'd have to have some upset wins over the Packers and don't the Rams. Don't want to get in. And I think that right there just kind of sums it up. Not just First of all, that whole conversation, because they're not eliminated. They're not done. But the, the point goes beyond the mathematical equation. And and what one bar said at the very end, if you caught it, he says, don't want to get in, right? In other words, there's no point. If we get in, all that's going to happen is we get eliminated, and I don't care, right? I don't – and it's not even like, well, you, you know, you always say that it's it's good just to, to win the games and – you know, you're happy that we go to the NFC Championship game and lose or, or whatever. That's not exactly what I say, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm happy to be winning all the time. But the difference is, this isn't a good football team. You would end up limping your way in by winning a couple win-nothing, no-nothing, means-nothing games in a, in a season where you have no hope because you know you're not a good football team. And so maybe that's not the right attitude to have, but I completely understand it. And I would be in the same situation. If you can't beat the Lions at the end of the down the stretch when you need to be at your best, you're done. Your your season is over. And if you happen to limp into the playoffs, you're just losing draft position. Can you imagine being this bad and picking like 23rd? You know how bad that sucks? The difference between the 23rd pick and the 32nd pick where the Packers are going to be picking is minuscule. And, and considering the, the Packers draft record compared to the Vikings draft record, we'll probably end up with a better player anyways. Yeah, I know they got Justin Jefferson. Just, yeah, he's great. I was kind of joking with that last part anyway. But I mean, it's just, again, dejected. And that that's where this part, this segment gets to be even more fun because this is the time of the season where everybody's realizing our season is done. It's over. But anyways, we got to keep it clipping along here. I am 40 minutes over. I should have been asleep by now. Uh, this sucks, but uh, we get to do the most fun part of all. We get to listen to the Chicago Bears just rant and rave and rail. Um, they lost another game. This one was expected because it's the Cardinals, but um, it's it's still nice. You know what I mean? It's still nice. We're going to start off with Mr. Foz, uh, Foz Sports, I think is his thing. Foz Sports Talk, F-A-I-Z Sports Talk. And again, I haven't, I've worked with him in the past, so I've tried to get him interjected into this, but he's he's a pretty level-headed guy, and I, I like, especially Bears fans, they get so loud and rowdy and everything, but he is kind of to the to his breaking point as well, so um, I can finally get him slipped in here and promoted a little bit, um, and he's he's just, he's not happy with the Chicago Bears. The season can't end sooner. The, it can't end sooner because it, I, I cannot just wait to get rid of this entire staff, uh, get rid of the trash players, trash coaches, get rid of all the trash and just keep obviously uh what we need for our future because what we saw out there on the field we've been seeing this for weeks right the offense is pathetic Andy Dalton goes out there throws four picks look I get it a couple of those weren't his fault it was very uh inclement weather with the rain hard to grab onto the football obviously Cole Komet one of them it was mainly his fault but still threw four picks Folks, a couple of them wear Andy on Andy, okay? And I'm done with Andy Dalton. I've always, I've never even started with Andy Dalton, so I don't even need to go there. Uh, but I can't wait for the season to end, folks. I just can't. Justin Fields' development is literally the only reason to be invested right now with this Bears team because 
they make you sick every single week watching this offense. And now the defense is awful too. It's falling apart. I'm sorry, but Sean Desai, he's, his defense, the way it started the year, and I know we're down a couple of bodies, it's bad. You know, we've seen the story over and over again, right? Against the top upper level elite teams, the Bears have no shot. They'll beat up on the garbage. They'll beat up on the bad teams. But take it to the top at, top at the top with the elite teams, and the Bears will not be able to compete. So, again, I just can't wait for the season to be over because I want to get rid of Nagy. I want to get rid of the coaching staff, both now on the offense and defense. And Justin Fields' development is literally the only bright spot for this team right now. Anyways, as is tradition, we're going to end with The Tape Never Lies. Our favorite Chicago Bears uh, friends over there, even though they don't, I don't think, know who I am. But um, we certainly know who they are. I've got three different clips queued up. Uh, they, they, they just basically have a very long, very angry show. And so, again, we got three clips queued up. I think I'm just going to let it run out. We'll just do all three. I'll just clip them together, and then we'll get out of here. If you're a patron, you heard me talk about it at halftime. I think this is the, the precursor to the execution after the um, Packers game next week when the Bears will get obliterated on national TV against the Packers up in Lambeau. But uh, we, we, we've seen this coming for a long, long time. Every, this isn't, isn't breaking news. Um, you see a running back out there giving his heart and his soul and, and being your best offensive weapon, and you got people like Jonathan Wood sending out tweets <laughs> talk saying that the Chicago Bears should fucking trade this guy. So he hopes he does good so he drives up his value. But like I, like I tweeted out, just admit that you're football dumb and you sleep with your calculator at night. I, I fear a corporate-run piece of organization that has no balls, no character, but tries to sell you on that. I fear a fan base afraid to offend their coach who can give two shits about them. You out. That chant should have happened the whole entire game. I fear a head coach that can't understand that David Montgomery's identity in week four, even in the game where they're having to give David Montgomery and they have communication issues, which will be the excuse of a coach that's giving up play calls twice in his tenure here with the Chicago Bears. Today is a semblance of complete stupidity, sheer, unadulterated buffoonery. It's the Chicago Bears. They're a joke now. They've become a prank. We have people defending Andy Dalton over Justin Fields that think they have football acumen. We got a center playing. He's a magician. He can't snap the football. He just snaps. Air. Balls on the ground. He gets blown into the backfield like a f***ing kite. We got defenders of this shit. We got Cole Komet playing beach volleyball or jumping in the ball pit with kids, just throwing balls around. We have pe people who can't tackle. Tackling is a mentality that's coached. We got Xavier Crawford starting while Houston Carson sits. We got excuse after excuse. We got Eddie Jackson playing two-hand touch. Let's carry somebody. We got third and six. We got timeouts. We got coaching malfunction in practice 
on the field. We have everything that could possibly be wrong about being a coach or a team happen. Have touch over top of that. So, oh, no this guy, play, I I hate you. him worse um, than Mark Tressman. They care, and they, Any, they don't want that to happen. I hate him worse gotta, than the Packers. You there you go. That's how much you know I hate him.